0: on SAFM.
1: All right, let's get straight into our thinking point for today. Let me welcome to the conversation the CEO of the Electoral Management and Consulting Agency of Africa, Lulu White. And we're talking about the political party funding declarations uh, that were announced yesterday by the IEC. Lulu, good morning and thank you so much for your time today.
0: Good morning, Cassie. Are you well?
1: I'm um, well, thank you. You know, it's been interesting watching the conversation from um, the, the time that this report, the first quarter report has been made public because, it, you know, while a lot of emphasis has been put on who the political, who the people who have been funding uh, the different political parties that have made the, de- the declarations are, there's also a big emphasis on why we've only had three parties Um, declare their donors and what the hindrances could be to the other parties. We have over 500 registered uh, parties Mm -hmm. in this country. Why are they not declaring and what could be the reasons leading to that? Your own analysis of what's happening, Lulu? Okay,
0: so I think uh, we need to sort of look at the whole declaration process in context. Um. In South Africa, there's three types of political funding that is available. The one is called the represented, represented Political Parties Fund, and the second one is the Multi-Party Democracy Fund, and the last one is the Private Funding of Political Parties Fund. Right? The first two, which is the Represented Political Parties Fund and the Multi-Party Democratic Fund, They fund political parties that are represented at National Assembly and in in provincial legislatures. So essentially, the top 21 political parties that currently sit at National Assembly and at at provincial legislatures are the only people that have access to those funds. Then the private funding of political parties, that fund can be private organizations and they can fund any of the 500 political parties. So essentially, the biggest benefactors of these funds are less than 50. The, the rest of the 500 political parties don't have access to those funds. I don't know if I'm making sense. When I say they don't have access, I mean to say that they have to go and approach uh, companies and individuals to fund them for their elections projects, whereas these top 21 political parties already have funding that is allocated to them as a result of their representation in parliament and in the provincial legislatures. So that's how I said that. We need to look at the funding in in, in perspective, and the perspective currently is that it's not all 500 political parties are going to be able to declare, Mm. because essentially only the top 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 tier political parties, at the top there, will be the ones that will say we have received funding. Um, The the, the other minority political parties at the bottom there do not have as much of an access to get that type of funding. Number two, I'm not certain whether they have an understanding also that they can actually approach um, organizations and and individuals to request funding for the purposes of the political parties. So it's only the top, yeah,
1: Okay. Lulu, we're going to continue our conversation in a bit. Let me go to Luyanda Maume with the 9.30 News headlines.
0: The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
1: We continue with the thinking point. This morning we're in conversation with Lulu White, the CEO of the Electoral Management and Consulting Agency of South Africa. Lulu, thanks for, for that foundation in terms of the various funds that are available to political parties. The issue of private funding is the one that has always come under the greatest scrutiny because there's never really been great transparency from any of the parties prior to this particular act. And I think that's where the greatest expectation of transparency has been placed so are we to assume that because there are no declarations it means that political parties are not receiving that private funding
0: or it could be that they've not had an opportunity to interrogate um you know what the processes are because if you look at the at the history i mean the funding act it came into existence on the first of april and if my memory serves me correctly, the electoral commission conducted training on how political parties online would then be able to actually declare disclosure whatever they get from political parties. Now then my question then was that will this be including all all political parties who are currently registered on the IEC's website or it's only those political parties that are represented in national and provincial legislatures? And if my memory serves me correctly, because only those political parties that are registered in the national and that are represented in national and provincial legislatures that were given the opportunity to be training on that facility. Mm. So you may find that some of them, even if they have received donations, they've not been able to make a declaration because of the fact that they don't have they don't know how to do it. But also remember the act says that political parties only need to declare when they have a hundred when they receive donations of the value of a hundred thousand. Mm. So that's another factor that you need to take into account. It could be that political parties have, been, they have, have received donations from, from various organisations, but those donations do not amount to a hundred thousand. Mm.
1: You know, so if that yeah.
0: is the case, they do not have to make a declaration.
1: There's been a big concern, Lulu, about the um, loopholes that could well be created. That political parties could also form systems to try and avoid the process of declaration as much as as possible. Um, Are we at a point yet where we need to be overly concerned about that, especially given the fact that chances are many political parties are still grappling with how to do things and how to do these declarations?
0: I think it's a genuine concern um, that members of the public may have but I think also we, we we need to in a way sort of have a bit of faith in the business processes and business principles of the people that would, or the political or the organisations that would find these political parties. I would like to believe, in, you know, in the very best uh, form that they would probably have structures in place that speak to corporate governance. They would have board of trustees that they would, they would need to be reporting to, and they would then make those declarations you know, because in terms of corporate governance, there must be transparency, there must be accountability, responsibility, and fairness in whatever processes that they that they use to disperse their funds. So I think even those organizations that would be sponsoring or rather donating to political parties have a responsibility to their own board of corporates and their board of, of, their board of trustees to make sure which all of the principles that speak to corporate governance are observed despite the fact that they're donating to political parties. And I think that particular evidence in itself sort of um, the security, the security measure, one of the security measures that as South Africans we can take comfort in to say, look, even if a political party can attempt to say, um, give us 99000 uh, over ten, 10 times, give us 99000 10 times, those corporations would not be able to, get, to do that because they are also liable to give reports on their own board of trustees and they need to be, she- they need to be seen to be accountable, mm-hmm. transparent, fair, and they must. Take responsibility for the actions of those hands.
1: I want to take a look at what Mary Slack has said. And she's the daughter of Harry Oppenheimer and, of course, Mm. has donated about 94 percent of um, the money declared by the Democratic Alliance. And that's uh, to the tune of 15 million rand. So in conversation with News 24, she raised Mm. concerns about this process of transparency and the extent to which it could be deter pro uh, it could deter potential funders because it now puts them out there in a way that perhaps they wouldn't want to be um wouldn't have wanted to be before so not necessarily that she wants it to be a secret that she's donating mm-hmm. but she certainly doesn't want to put herself out there for public scrutiny
0: mm-hmm. Look, the reality is, 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 is the fact that the pu- public outcry for political parties to, to declare their uh, funding mechanisms came as a result of people feeling that political parties were being placed under undue influence mm. by their funders. Mm. And as such, political parties were therefore no longer serving the interest of the people that have put them into office, but rather the interest of those people that have funded them. And... and the law is very clear Um, nobody can make a determination for any private organization of how they're dispersing they use that money the purpose of the fund is simply to make sure that despite how much they give of that money there's no undue influence that or or undue influence that is expected for the receiver to perform because of that particular money so i don't think i think perhaps you know the, the narrative that she's saying comes from a lack of not really understanding the purpose of why it is important to declare um, that I have given such, and, such a political party that much, that much amount of money. It simply mm. absorbs both organizations of any form of corruption or underhanded deeds.
1: I'm looking also at the multi-party democracy fund, right? And the extent to which they have also been very little um, submissions made there in terms of funding. I think it's, uh, it's sitting at around 2,500 Rand. And that's a fund that I think even ordinary South Africans who are invested in the Democratic Project um, can donate to. Uh, why do you think it is that, you know, we don't have more people coming up to, uh, to give money to that fund and... That will be distributed uh, across the different political parties.
0: I think it would be more. I, I would think it would be more around the private party funding, more, more, unlike, instead of the of the multi party uh, democracy fund. But I'd obviously, need to investigate and be certain. No, Look, polit- South Africans in, uh, don't trust politicians. One, two. Politici- political parties also have membership fees. Mm-hmm. Remember that they pay when they join political parties. So I would assume as a member of a political party that if I have made my own donation towards, or when I, registered a political, when I registered as a member of a party and I made a member, a paid a membership fee, then that's my part of the donation. Uh, number three, we need to remember that South Africans uh, are really currently current grappling with socioeconomic issues. And mainly, they feel that the reason why they are where they are it's because of the political parties that are, that, are, that, are, that are elected. Therefore, it's sort of that thing that says, why should we continue to fund an uh, organizations that do not have our interests at heart? Mm. But, I mean, I'm just thinking from the top of my head, I'm not speaking on behalf of South Africans. Mm. I would assume those are some of the reasons that political parties would feel that oh sorry, members of the public would feel why would I want to do that? Why would I want to give these people that already have more than money that more money than I have more money for them to not actually deliver to me? Mm. So it could be a number great number of reasons why South Africans are actually not supporting political parties. But also we must also remember donations do not necessarily have to be in cash. They could be in kind. Mm -hmm. Most of these political parties um, rely on their members to do work for them, to become foot soldiers during elections, to run campaigns for them. Those political members are not being paid for that. So that is also donation in kind.
1: And, and those donations are not accounted for or even declared. Those are off the books, right? Those
0: are off the books. Nobody knows their value. You can't quantify the financial
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think that we are going to have an election cycle where um, political parties are under huge financial uh, restraints or constraints?
0: Look, I would believe that for this particular local government election, political parties shouldn't really be Uh, frustrated around the financing because campaigning in my view in this election is localized campaigning. It's literally just me as a ward candidate walking to my next door neighbors within my ward and appealing to their greater nature and explaining why they need to vote for me. Whether I am a political party representative, whether I'm an independent representative. So it is my view that with local government elections, the funding for for campaigning does not necessarily have to be as big no, as right. it would necessarily be for, local, for national and provincial elections, because we are talking about a localized election. Number two, the fact that we are under COVID regulations it restricts a whole lot more activity that would generally be uh, high maintenance financial activities for political parties. So I do believe that uh, the, the the budget spending on campaigning would be a bit uh, more conservative. In the previous
1: years. All right. Lulu White, thank you so much and thanks for joining us. She's the CEO of the Electoral Management and Consulting Agency of Africa. So less campaign budgets, maybe muted campaigns. What do you look for?